You're listening to the Racking Focus Podcast. Hey, welcome back to the Racking Focus Podcast. I'm Josiah Blizzard. And I'm John Doyle, and we are returning to Falcon and the Winter Soldier to explore yet another episode in this series we're doing of the MCU uh, TV series that are on Disney+. Plus. Yeah, the episode we're reviewing today is titled The Star-Spangled Man. Okay, so the Star Spangled Man. I, you know, I think to talk about the episode, let's just break it down into three parts, and we'll just base them around characters. So let's break Sounds it down, great. break it down into John Walker, then we'll talk about Bucky and Sam, and then we can talk about uh, the Flag Smashers and that the, all the plot around that. That's yes. great. Yeah. Spoiler alert. Um. So starting off with John Walker, I mean, that's who we start with. In the beginning of this episode, the last time we saw him and the first time we saw him was as Captain America and he gave us a wink and a nod and it was like the made you hate announcement him. who he is. Yeah, right? right. At the end of the last episode, end of the first episode. And we really start off with him getting to see his humanity, which I, did, I didn't really expect at first for them to start with that. I don't know if the, how you felt about it, but um, there was for me very clear like similarities between him and Steve there was an effort to place him in that scene in that context to make us have uh, a connection with him to see him as as human and and as a potential hero right right um so yeah they they did really play that out yeah yeah I mean it feels like that John Walker could be a successful Captain America if he continued along like the path of what Steve did but you know, later on, we see a very different side of John Walker and what he's becoming and what he will likely f- further become later on, right? There's a lot of arrogance later as he becomes Captain America and dons the shield and the suit. Yeah. I mean, we the that scene we saw in the beginning, I thought, was really important yeah. story-wise. Um, you know, he's talking about going out and fighting and that he wants to sort of fulfill this mission uh and then you hear uh you, you know the the line it's the star spangled man with a plan that this is what he does it's right. what captain america was about and and in a way that was like that was the red flag for me because that isn't what captain america was about it's what the government tried to make it about yeah and steve rejected that right he rejects yeah. it and he goes back and does the heroic action yeah and rescues people of all colors races shapes and sizes like this yeah. is a really deliberate thing in that first movie and so uh it felt like that was the that the, that was the phrase in that opening scene that stuck out that said maybe things aren't what they appear we also are only given we aren't given any third person uh factual support for anything we learn in that scene either Mm -hmm. it's it's his perception of himself and the way he's presenting himself right i don't and and, and, but but like you say we certainly there was an effort to get us to feel sympathy yeah you know from a just from a plot perspective of seeing like where they're going to go with this and and kind of theorizing what they're going to do to me john walker is Bucky and Cap's like villains, the antithesis of what they stand for and who who they expect Captain America to be. Right. But they want you to 
it feels like later on they're going to want you to feel bad for Walker, right? Like sympathize with him in the same way we can sympathize with Thanos and his mission, right? Like they've made Thanos a like a there's humanity to Thanos. Like we understand why he's doing things. Right, there's, crazy there's, as the idea he, is. He's right. three dimensional. He's a three dimensional yeah. character. He's a three dimensional villain, and so they're they're making John Walker a three dimensional villain in a sense of we understand that you're breaking in episode four, five, or six. I'm I'm guessing that you can't handle the pressure. You know, you were trying to live up to your hero who's Steve Rogers and you can't handle the pressure and now you're breaking under it. And right. so we feel bad. We sympathize with you. We know what you did was wrong. Whatever that might be, is, there's something's going to happen. There's there's going to be some kind of thing that happens that he's going to cause. There's, he's going to be the catalyst for something going wrong. Um, at least yeah. that's my prediction. Yeah, and, and yeah, I mean, I, certainly he, he, we could also have something exposed sure. about him, right? We yeah. could get some truth or whatever there there could be so there is lurking in the background of marvel comics this thing i've talked to you about before where mm -hmm. you know captain america was a hydra agent all along and right. the cosmic cube is used by the red skull to sort of create this alternate mm. reality and i'm there always is the chance that he's a hydra mole plant right right and, like yeah. there and that he doesn't even know it because cap didn't even know it in the comic series so mm -hmm. there's a, a potential they, they insert that in there you know that's that's one option there's a potential just the u.s agent truth of it comes out because there is a level of um i mean the u.s agent manipulates himself into fame mm-hmm uh, in relationship to Captain America, like that's part of what. Well, and and John Walker is a celebrity-made superhero, right? Not right. a actual hero-made hero, right? He didn't do any heroic act that launched him to stardom, other than the three Medal of Honors that he's right. The things won, he right? did in in the war, yeah. yeah. I, I thought that the use of, I mean, there's so much smart happening in the background of this this series. <laughs> I mean, it, on the surface, right, it's this mm -hmm. action adventure series, right, and then. Star Spangled Man with a Plan in Captain the first Cap Avenger is this USO show with right. you know dancing girls and the whole works. And this time, as from hearing the credits, I turned to Lisa and I'm like, "That's an HBCU band, like that's that's like drumline band stuff." Mm -hmm. I said they're gonna have a whole crap load of black fo folks dancing around mm -hmm. behind this white American hero. Yep, and they're gonna just set the tone. I I said I can't believe they're gonna do this, and they did it. And out yeah. he goes, and he's dancing instead of in front. I mean, it's a different period. It's a different manipulation, but certainly there's a sense of falseness to that. Yeah, because he the shield should belong was given to us was passed on to a, a black man who gave it up because he didn't find himself worthy, right? Yeah. And uh, that no one's worthy of that shield. And so that use was so cleverly done. Yeah. Um, and visually yeah. really interesting, so. Yeah, no, exactly. Um, so yeah, I'm, I'm excited to see what they do with John Walker, but you're right, I think the US agent thing is really gonna start to uh, be brought out. And like we mentioned, I think in the last episode we did on this is, um, you know, you, I, th I think we're, I think we're clearly going to see the manipulation from the government over John Walker. Yeah. And at one point in the in the episode, he actually refers to himself as the government. Yeah. Which I was like, oh my gosh, he's already, yeah, manipulated. He already is arrogant and hot headed over who he thinks he is. Like he, if he thinks that he is America, then man, like we have, you might as well put Donald Trump in that suit. Yeah, I mean you know? the the distinction between government and American ideal is the conversation I think the show needs to have, mm -hmm. and um, and the, the cap was not an extension of the government. We only need to watch Civil War, yeah, 
and or on Winter Soldier. Like there's over Cap, and Cap over was the again. opposite, right? Yeah, cause, exactly. Because he left the the government, right? The government run. He was like, I'm not going to sign these accords and be owned by the government. Right. And so I'm going to go. I'm going to work for truth. I'm right. going to be the America that does good things in, yeah. in the world. Yeah. That's so we're seeing we're about. seeing what Captain America would be if he were to have signed. Right. The Sokovia Accords. Yeah, I think you're right. Yeah. Um, who, what else do you want to talk about with John Walker? Well, we can maybe go to Battlestar. Let's talk too. about that fight scene, yeah, and talk yeah, about Battlestar good, and all yeah. that stuff. Uh, the the truck scene. The truck, yeah, yeah. The truck scene, yeah. Um, he uses a gun. He does use a gun. That caught me. Yeah, I mean, yeah. Cap, there's a lot of Marvel characters who have and used Cap used weapon. a gun. Yeah, in in uh, 1942, but not right. as a superhero. Role. Right, not in his superhero role. Right, right, That's right. Yeah, he was just a soldier at that point. Right, right who had. Superhuman you strength, would, but whatever. You would yeah. use a gun. You'd use a gun. Yeah, if yeah. I was going to storm a Nazi facility, even as a superhero, I'd use a gun. Because oh, you're yeah. you're a soldier. It's yeah. your thing, right? Yeah, but he lays down the he lays down the firearms later. Cap right. doesn't use any. You don't see him using a gun. I don't think at any point. I I, I and, can't think of another time when he's actively using like a gun against a villain. Mm -hmm. You know. Yeah. Uh, but maybe someone will correct us on that. But I don't, I don't think. If so. you know, let us let us know when he uses a gun in the MCU outside of the first Avenger. But uh yeah yeah so we're seeing a, again a contrast between john walker's captain and steve rogers captain yep. with him using using a weapon um and we're up against what eight super soldiers and john walker's clearly not a super soldier right there's no superhuman strength there's no well i mean he's stronger than i thought he was going to be yeah but he can't hold up against no. eight of them right he i mean does, him, have the cat power. him versus even him versus bucky would bucky would win every time Hands down. Yeah, we'll we'll I, we're gonna see some of that play yeah. out. I think. <laughs> I think so. And yeah, John Walker has some kind of ability. I don't know if what he what he has. I don't know what his ability is because I mean we see him throwing that shield, and right. I I don't understand how the shield physics work in the MCU. You just kind of have to overlook. You have to completely the, overlook. I just have to buy into the field uh, the shield physics, but. Uh, Maybe they'll explain it a little bit. We, I don't when, know. In First Avenger, we get some thoughts like, you know, he's his increased ac visual ac accuracy, acuity, right. right? Yeah, all that stuff. He's able yeah. to calculate the right. angles. Yeah, he's very good at geometry. N now, yeah. now it's just throwing it, it's bounces throwing in the stuff. right direction, right? right? Vibraniums, yeah. magic. At some point, I thought that Cap had some kind of magnetic, like, re... Uh, yeah, I don't. I, I don't know. Like on his arm, like he call the shield back. I don't think but we're I'm getting that science. Yeah, yeah. I think we're over that. So I don't. I have no idea, but. He has some kind of ability, and I thought the action was well, it was fairly good. Um, this this whole truck scene was, you know, I don't I don't know. It was it was fun. It was a good fight scene. Fun. Yeah, it was I mean, a fun fight scene. Nothing nothing crazy or special to it, but it was. It feels like yeah. good rock solid MCU. Yeah, fighting. I wanted to watch that fight scene in theaters. Yeah, no, agreed. Yeah, uh, I, I thought that what they did with. Uh, Winter Soldier or Bucky was great. Mm -hmm. um, I, you know, the uh, there's humor mixed in with heroism. Yeah, uh, the, those other super soldiers are obviously overpowered and really legitimate forces. Yeah, uh, and whatever is up with uh, with Cap, our our new Cap, um, he certainly is able to stand toe to toe with them, but not all of them, right? Not, right. Well, maybe one on one, yeah. he can hold his own for a little bit. But. Yeah, and Falcon certainly is operating technologically out of the whole thing. I mean, when they yeah. crush Red Wing, um, yeah, you yeah. know that really feels 
Well, like, I'm glad it wasn't a real bird. No, <laughs> no, agreed. That would have been that would have been too much. It would have lost its what twelve plus. So it had right, to go right. to like seventeen with a bird crushing. Crushed a bird, cracked it in uh, half. Uh, yeah, I mean, he can just build a new Red Wing and it'd yeah. be fine. But yeah, the scenes after that were great. I thought. I, I mean, I thought we got a lot of data, and we, you know, Battlestar's role is very strange. What do you think about Battlestar? Okay, so the whole Battlestar thing is really just a, it feels just like a commentary on like we need a sidekick for Cap, right? Which Battlestar plays right into uh, John Walker asking Sam, like it would be way easier to convince everybody if I had Cap's wingman. Ooh, and it's just like, that's such an awful line, man. Like you're the, he's the one who got, you know, approval from Cap to take over, you know, and take on, take oh, on the mantle. Thanos. You weren't, and he fought Thanos. You weren't really yeah, there. He's not really, you're right, right, right. Exactly. So, like, he's literally the voice that cues, cues Avengers Assemble. Right. right. <laughs> <laughs> and it's it's just like a such a low blow, and and it's always a black man. Right. Right. It's the black man who's the sidekick. So there's a commentary on a black man who's a sidekick. Definitely sitting um, that right out there. Yeah. Same with Isaiah Bradley, which we'll get to later, of right. a, of a black man being overshadowed by Captain America. Mm-hmm. Um, imprisoned incarcerated by cat you know by oh, by america yeah, what america gonna, stands that's for. gonna go really hard so yeah it's i mean battlestar um what a cheesy name and i love that they <laughs> poke fun at at that name a bit is yeah. at least i thought it was poking fun right they ask him what his name is he's like i'm battlestar mm-hmm. and bucky's just like nope stop the truck i gotta get out he's like i gotta vomit or something he's done with it all so yeah it's i i don't i don't know what role uh Lamar Hoskins, who pl- who is Battlestar, plays in this series other than just being this sidekick, right? We just need to show that Cap has a sidekick, right? Yeah, and it's a black man. Yeah, I mean, it, it, and he is a figure in the Marvel universe, right. so he could appear, return, he could continue. Yeah, you know, uh, being a part of the story. That I mean, it, or he this could be his, you know, the time we see him and it's done. But the, you know the the idea of him being that second in command and yet being certainly he's like completely bought in to what the story that those two guys are telling. Right. Yeah. Um, he is dismissive of, uh, Bucky and, uh, Sam, like completely dismissive of them. And he supports the, the idea of the white man being in charge and him being the black sidekick. Like it's all played out there. Yeah. Um, and that that ride in the car was really funny. It was an unexpected piece of extra drama that we would never have gotten in a film, right? Where it would have been really right. short, and it just would have been like a punchline. Well, it would have been a little bit of exposition too, yeah. right? It would have been like, "What is happening next? We need your help," and they would have moved on together to go and do something. There right. wouldn't have been any conflict. Be out. There would have been conflict, but they would have stuck together rather than seeing them separate again at the end. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so I'm I'm not sure exactly what role. Battlestar is going to play overall. Um, oh, we were looking at IMDb before we started this episode just to see where, you know, what, yeah, what characters got one might be coming back. Says, but there's no way he's just done. It doesn't make sense for him to not return. So I'm I'm guessing he'll be back at some point. Um, the thing is, though, if John Walker were to, let's say, be killed in action, I really don't think that, you know, you, you referred to Battlestar as like the second in command. Really don't think America sees him that way. There's no way they would hand him the shield and outfit you know if cap were to be killed you know right there's no way lamar would take over 
No, it's just it doesn't feel like that. It would just move on to another white man. Yeah, yeah. Right. They'd pick the next guy who has the most medal of honors, and he yeah. seems like he would support that, right? Like, and he'd be okay like, with it. Yeah, right. that feels like right. part of his character or where he is. Yeah, he's just he's just a soldier who's following orders, and mm-hmm. if the orders are that somebody else is going to take over Cap's mantle, then that's what what's going to happen. Now, well, John Walker definitely had a say in who his sidekick was going to be. Yeah, for sure. But, and, and we know too that they're aware of and completely comfortable with the fact that they have you know, inserted material into Red Wing so he's trackable uh-huh. and that they have mm-hmm. a right to track it because the government owns the yeah. Red Wing. Like all of that right, sense government of property, government right. property over the people was being played out through all of that too. Now, do you think that Red Wing will return? And do you think if he does return, do you think that uh, Sam will make his own Red Wing that is not trackable with so, the help of Torres maybe? Yeah, Red Wing yeah. I think would be I think we're going to see Red Wing again in the MCU. I don't know if we'll see it in the series or not. Red mm-hmm. Wing's like an easy cheat for a series like this, and it might just need to have gone yeah. for you know expediency. Right. What Red Wing was able to do when they were going into Flag Smasher's headquarters was extensive, right? Yeah. So they, they need to erase some of that, right. I think, for, for plot purposes to, to even the playing field between it's the, Bucky it's and... It's the same um, thing as getting rid of cell phones in a... a teen horror exactly film, right? yeah you, you, you can't, can't call for help you, you just can't do it or else it damages the the yeah. what, what the plot needs to do right the beat mm-hmm. you're trying to create mm-hmm. uh, but he'll i would expect we come back and there's so many people who can build him one that aren't the government right right right. that you know that that can be remedied whether it's torres or it is you know whatever stark tech is still out there owned yeah. or whatever managed by Heck. Peter Parker. Peter Parker could build I mean, him one. Right. I mean, there's so many characters yeah. that could build him one. There's, there, it is. There are many, many people capable of that technology. Yeah. In the MCU. So. Yeah. Well, uh, I think we've covered John Walker yeah, a little bit so. here. Let's let's move on to Bucky and Sam. Um, you know, it felt like episode one was very much Sam's, you know, introduction to like mm-hmm. his problems, and this one felt way more of, you know, why. Bucky's not okay with Sam giving up the shield. Yep. We know why Sam gave up the shield, but now we learn why Bucky's not okay with it. Um, in that therapy session at the end. Really spectacular yeah. scene. Yeah. <laughs> like really well constructed piece of drama and comedy. Yeah. And uh, you know, we learn that that Bucky's upset that Sam gave up the shield because if Cap was wrong about Sam, then he was wrong about Bucky. Right. You know? and, and that idea of redemption is so strong in the MCU that the loss of the validation of your redemption is i mean it's a it's a lot of weight to carry they're both they're both uh clinging to this thought of you know cap says i was supposed to be this thing but it feels like they never fully believed in themselves and so i think throughout the series we're going to see them believe in themselves like they're going to gain the confidence and sam's going to be towards the end at hopefully towards the end confident that yeah i'm the one who should be taken up Cap's mantle, and I think we'll see Bucky fully. This is the last time I think we're going to see them referred to as the Falcon and the Winter Soldier. After this series, I think it'll be uh, Captain America and the White Wolf, right? right. I, I don't think I don't think Winter yeah. Soldier is going to exist. This feels like his shedding of that, that yeah, skin. That's actually a really good thought. And the we heard White Wolf get used, right? Right. There was that very nice, clever. I mean, they're just playing on race all the time. And, yeah. And, and yeah. He, he took that and, and spun it around. Right. Yeah. You have the White Wolf and then you have black, a Black Falcon reference. Right. right. Yeah. yeah. There, and race is so heavy in this episode. Real. I mean, I, I'm so glad they're doing it. I, I said to my wife, this show is like Watchmen light. Right. right because right. they can't do what the Watchmen does because Watchmen 
I mean, the new series, the Lindlaw. The new one, yeah. Watchmen. They can't do it because you're, they, the difficulty of, of doing Watchmen is, or the ease of doing Watchmen is that you're doing a single series. Mm-hmm. You don't have any continuity. You don't have any other movies to deal with. You're like, you're telling a story right. in a universe that's self-contained. Right. So you can dig as deep as you want. Yeah. And, I mean, be revisionist because that is a revisionist piece compared to what the first series, what the first series thought that character sure, was. Yeah. Here, it feels like they're treading some of the same ideas. They just can't go to that depth because yeah. it's a Disney Plus. Right, and you, you risk a lot of things by going too deep. Um, but I, but they're certainly not shying mm-hmm. away from the truth and the, and truth is an appropriate word, I guess, Yeah, and the trauma and the evil that is sort of the Amer- underlying right. American racism. Right. And I mean, the biggest thing that we see is, uh, well, and they're back to back, to be honest, is the right entire Isaiah Bradley sequence. Um, Just fantastic. Super yeah. surprising. Yeah. Um, yeah. Um, and he's, tell me what you know about Isaiah Bradley. Just give me a little bit of uh, background. So Isaiah Bradley's one of, of like 300 black men experimented with during the World War II, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, but this has moved it to the Korean War. Right. I think it's World War Two at least. That, that um and you know, it plays the Tuskegee uh it, uh it, it sort of plays both with the idea of the Tuskegee Airmen and the Tuskegee experimentation with syphilis. The idea that this guy it works for him. Yeah. And he uh, he dons the mantle of Captain America. Right. So he is this the 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 comic series it's from is called Truth, um Red, Black and Blue, I think is the title of it. Okay. And uh it is, according to Michael Yates, one of our uh, collaborators here uh, once in a while on this podcast, that it is out of print, which I think is both a foolish act by Marvel right this moment, yeah, because people would be buying that off the shelves right now, yeah, and um, it's also not available on Comicsology where I went. I mean, I can see it, hmm. but I just had to put it on my wish list to try and convince them to bring it down. Maybe it's on <laughs> Marvel Unlimited. I don't know, but it's a comic. It's a seven issue series, yeah, and. Um, you know, uh, it's red, white, and black. That's what red, white, and black. Yeah, um, and a guy named Robert Morales writes it. Who's uh, who is? It's from 2003, so it's early treading of this kind of conversation. Right. For where we now see this as a really activist position. Right. Uh, and uh, yeah, so that's the that's the story of of what I know of that comic. Okay. So I, cool. I have not read it. Right. Yeah. No. I I, I just want to know what you what you knew about uh, Isaiah Bradley there. Um, so. So it sounds like he, you know, Cap goes into the ice. He's on. He's in the ice for seventy years, and during that time, they're trying to make new super soldiers because Cap's gone missing. They know it works. They're trying to find the serum again. They're trying to figure it out. Right. And they successfully do it with with Bradley, who turns out he fights Bucky. Doesn't just fight Bucky, but apparently kicks his butt. Right. In uh, in was it Korea? Is that what it was? Where where they, they wherever said, the they, yeah. they named the place right? Yeah. Uh, which I don't remember. Um. And so Isaiah Bradley takes up kind of this mantle of Captain America. They may have never called him that. And but... he is called Captain America in the comics. Right. He, he, he's not called the black Captain America. He's we just don't know Captain what he's America. called in the actual MCU. That, in the MCU, right? they, we don't They don't give him a name. Yeah. Right? He never refers to himself as like, I was Captain America right. for however many yeah, years. And, yeah, and to be clear, they didn't create 300 super... I said this and I want to clarify. They didn't create 300 super soldiers. He's the only one that survived. Right. They killed 299 black men trying to create super soldiers. Right. He's the one that survived. Right. Um, but yeah, so we don't know what he is in the MCU. Right. He is obviously super soldier strong. Mm-hmm. 
and he was sent out to kill the Winter Soldier after all of his essentially comrades didn't come back from trying to defeat Bucky. And so he was sent out, kicked Bucky's butt, I guess. It sounds like he took off part of his arm. Right. And uh, Hydra clearly gave him another another arm, no problem. Right. Uh, but they never met again because Bradley came back and was somehow incarcerated and sent to prison for thirty years. For thirty years, ridiculous. Yeah, uh, just and we don't we don't know a hundred percent the reason as to why. Which is why I'm hoping we're going to learn more, yeah. and I don't know if we will through the series. But it sounds like he was incarcerated strictly because he was black, and they right. wanted to keep his super serum, super strength under wraps. Yep. Right, like they're going to silence him without killing him because you kind of hard to kill a super mm -hmm. soldier as a normal human being right. so um yeah and so somebody asked the question like why is he old if he's if he is you know a super soldier and it's because he didn't go in the ice both bucky and cap have been frozen frozen multiple time. times right well cap was frozen the one time for all those years right. but bucky's been you know he'll go on a mission he'll come back and i, I believe he'd go under yep. ice and that's, wait that's until the next mission which is why bucky really only looks like he's about 30 years old and same with cap you know so yeah and you know from the perspective of super soldier is going to extend your life but it's not immortality right. right right and so this character is younger than he could be but older than the other yeah. guys are because he wasn't frozen i think that's that's a righteous i mean position. if if Bra if if uh, isaiah bradley was about 20 years old when he was given the serum you know in 1951 and to today i mean from 51 to to 2021 you're talking and it's not this doesn't take place in 2021 this takes place in 2024 Four, right so you're talking over 70 years right so he'd be 90 plus and he certainly and he's look not 90, he right. looks like he's maybe about 50 yeah 55 yep so and, and the the grandson would just jump off onto mm -hmm. that for a second yep. so well let's just say the race crime is obvious yeah and it's definitely putting more and more information especially since it was withheld from uh, the knowledge was withheld from the Falcon. Right. And mostly, and everybody. Cap right. didn't even know. Right. And Black Bucky just never told anybody. And so Sam is kind of shocked that, like, you're a black man who was then silenced by the American government in the same, in a in a very different way, but in the same way that, that Sam was silenced by the American government. You know, like, right. this was the right thing to do, Sam. You brought the shield in. Like, this was the right thing to do. That's still them silencing Sam and like. Oh yeah, for sure, and well, manipulating it because it, yeah. they they are not, they were lying to him when they took that right? right, and they to some great extent. I mean, the idea of experimenting on black men is horrific, mm -hmm. and then imprisoning the guy after he's done the work for you right. means that there's not much difference between the people running him than running Bucky. Like they're doing yeah. the same thing. There's these assassin soldier they created, right. uh, and one of the important things about Cap. I, you know, the original cap, it comes out so clearly, and this is why I think we'll see something um, with U.S. Agent as we move forward, or John mm -hmm. Walker, is the magic of Steve Rogers is his personality. Mm -hmm. That there's something about that chemistry of the super soldier serum that works with the who you are, right? right. Like, it, right. It, there's something about that that works. And there's also a thing that it seems like nobody does anymore, and that's stick them in a chamber and shine bright light on them. It just seems right, like that's right. no one, no one knows that's part of what they're <laughs> supposed to do, right? So it it is likely that you know Isaiah is not the same exact super soldier level as Cap was anyway, right? Mm -hmm, right. Um, just to sort of play that out too. Uh, but it, no matter what it, the case is, 
he certainly was abused by the system. And the fa fact that Falcon didn't know that, especially when he's turning in that shield yeah. and that there was already a black cap, he could have been that next black cap right. is significant. Yeah. And it hits home, you know, when he when he realizes the racism against Isaiah Bradley, and then he goes outside and is walking down the street with Bucky, and a cop pulls up, two cops pull up, and they immediately accuse Sam of, you know, is it, you know, Bucky, is this guy bothering you? Oh, uh, it was. And you're like, well, maybe Bucky's the one bothering Sam because that's what it feels like, actually. Well, sort of what's you know? happening. <laughs> it's what's right. happening, and uh, they don't realize who Sam is until they learn that he's Falcon and then and they then immediately when, drop it. I know. And like, it's like celebrity is a way to avoid racism. Yeah. It almost is like saying like, that's the thing that, and it's, it's important. It's policemen. And it's important that there's this sense of impending real danger to Sam and Sam is not bulletproof. Right. Right. He can easily be shot and killed. So right there's there. the, the, the risk there was just wonderfully high. I thought. Yeah. And then of course they find out and they arrest the white guy. Right. They, they don't do the same threatening no. behavior with him. Like they really do play out that cop yeah. versus white and black relationship. Yeah. And I, you know, I, they put these handcuffs on Bucky and I was like, why even cuff the man? Like this, <laughs> this dude can, he, I saw him tear off his leather sleeve with one hand earlier in this episode and then jump out of a plane. Like he doesn't need handcuffs. Just put him in the back of the car. Right. Um, <laughs> it was just, <laughs> it was funny, but uh, yeah, the racism is, like really pushed in this episode um and we're going to continue to see stuff like that i think throughout the rest of this, yeah, I, this I think series that's the maybe lesson. not maybe not as heavy as this this was heavy-handed as this one this one is like we've all seen this we've yeah. all seen the videos on facebook you know well imagine this thing's being edited and made all through george floyd like mm -hmm. there's this echo in the background and, right. and all of i mean not just george floyd but the whole culture around that right yeah brianna taylor that whole year i mean mm -hmm. it's been i mean it's 50, 100 years of, of whatever. But, yeah. you know, I don't want to shortchange it to this being a contemporary idea, but this is being made concurrently with protest and action. Right. And I think we're, we, you know, the question is, how do they resolve it? Yeah. Do What is, the, what is the thing that gets the Falcon to be able to put that uniform on that now, to some extent, is tainted by Walker, by government, by racism by mm -hmm. a, an america that's full of racism like it's interesting it's going to be interesting to watch how they work that through in yeah. such a short number of episodes yeah you're talking six episodes so it's got to happen fast yeah and i'm really expecting you know these these first two episodes were 47 and 49 minutes or something along those lines i'm really expecting there to be like a 60 plus minute episode at some point uh or even even more than one of those uh, episodes being mm -hmm. over 60 minutes it feels like that's something that needs to happen uh in, in the same way that you have a Game of Thrones episode that is, you know, one of the episode nines is all of a sudden you have an hour and a half episode. Right, or, you have a lot of work to yeah, do. And, yeah, and and it's okay. It's just part of the story that they're telling in that episode. And that's something that's that I love about these streaming services because they're able to break the rhythm of what standard television would be, yep. a 42-minute, you know, episode with, with 20 minutes of commercials or something. Mm -hmm. So, yeah. Um, the other thing that we're seeing with Sam and Bucky is their conflict between each other and I, I so i'm glad first and foremost that sebastian stan is finally getting lines oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> like he has said more in this episode than i think he said in the entire <laughs> mcu yeah. uh so far and uh i love him as bucky like we're seeing actual personality from him we're actually able to see his character uh and i don't remember him and sam i guess 
fighting as much as they did. They like I mentioned, like they bickered a bit yeah. in Civil War, but there's the jealousy. It's they're both like Cap's girlfriend, angry <laughs> that the other one's with him, and yeah, they're vying and, for his attention. Yeah, yeah, and there's bitterness about it, and they 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 do what comic books do so well. Like everyone's digging with quips. Like they're right. the masters of quips. The, yeah. The 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 with they're with Spider Man in that Spider Man sequence. Yeah. It, yeah. Yeah. The, it's like a quip, quip. fest. It's yeah. so well. All done. three of them. Right? I, I mean, it, they put the three of them together for a reason. <laughs> but yeah, there there is not hate between these two men. Yeah. But they really do get on each other's nerves. Yeah. And it really feels like it all stems around the shield and the decision right. that Sam made. Um. But. There's, I mean, at the end of Endgame, there felt like such a approval and like love for each other, you know, with even just with Bucky's head nod to like go talk to mm-hmm. this old man and you got the shield and like all that stuff. Bucky was approving of Cap's decision to hand the shield, not to Bucky, but give it to Sam. Right. You know, and Bucky knew that like he's not the one to do it. He, he has a lot of stuff to work out. Yeah. Um, plus, he was not pardoned yet from... Uh, so there's no way that Steve's going to hand right. that over to him. Um, but he hands it to Sam and like there's this approval there. And so I I thought like all their bickering was kind of done. But we see it rise up again in, in this series. And I and think by the end of it, we'll, they'll still be bickering. But it'll be more of a loving. Right. Like know, brotherly. Affectionate, yeah. you know, bickering. Uh, yeah. I mean, there, it's it's so good to have the that quippy. Yeah. sarcastic interplay it keep it drives the plot yeah and that and the, you know as opposed to the comfortable friendship that cap and falcon have right uh or, or steven and, and sam have this I know. it's, we, nice it's to hard have to, this. it's I hard know. to say that you now have to right? be careful yeah it, it's this this relationship is interesting and the the scene with the the therapy scene was just fantastic yeah so funny yeah and yet full of emotion, yeah. right? Yeah. Like balanced out. Right. I wish that, this is my one critique of the episode, is I wish that they had Bucky's line hit harder. Right. There wasn't, I, I get you. There wasn't enough, uh, it didn't resonate enough. Like it resonated, but it wasn't, it didn't hit home. Right, we moved you know, past. We moved so fast afterwards. Right. Yeah, good point. Um, that's the only thing I wish that we, we felt more of. Because um, I didn't feel like Sam felt what Bucky was feeling. Right. I, he heard it and then we had to move on. Mm-hmm. Right. That's my only critique on this episode. And maybe that'll play into another episode. Right. Maybe that, maybe there will be something that, that will make more sense later as to why. But, uh, that's my only, that's my only qualm with, with the episode. Um, yeah. So there's a lot there. Um, we, we didn't talk about Isaiah's grandson. Oh, yes. So Let's go you, back to that. You, you yeah. go ahead. You want to. Oh, okay. So it was Eli Bradley, right? Right. Uh, the kid who answers the door who says Isaiah is not here because he clearly knows his grandfather's a super soldier. It was, <laughs> right. you know, imprisoned. Um, so that kid is uh Patriot, right? Right. And he is part of the Young Avengers crew. So yep. we are, there's a lot of seeding that is happening in these series for, uh, the, the Young Avengers, whether it's uh, Patriot, who's Eli Bradley, and uh, Wiccan and Speed from WandaVision, and then later we'll see Kate Bishop. Right. Um, is there anybody else that I'm forgetting? Well, we're going to... I mean, we're going to meet some other people, I'm Well, sure. we may get Ms. Marvel. We have a well, Ms. Marvel, Marvel series. Yeah, yeah. Ms. Marvel may fall into that yeah, for series sure. as well. I mean, we're, we're going to see piece by piece those characters sort of start to appear. Yeah. And what I love about th- this is it feels like 
the Marvel Universe rebuilding the way it did mm -hmm. when it built the first Avengers. Yes. And that's an, it's exciting to know that they still are thinking in that long game. And I hope they stick with the same actor. Oh, mm -hmm. it's um, uh, Ant-Man's daughter. Ant-Man's daughter, other. that's who it was, Cassie. Well, yeah, right, Cassie. Right. But she's being recast, apparently. Is she really? Yeah, okay. which I, I don't, I, that, that actually bothers me. But it could be her who did it, so I'm not, I'm going to be too critical. Sure. But the idea of like moving forward with um, uh, e each of these characters appearing in these upcoming films mm -hmm. leads us to another team is just exciting. Like yeah. that's great. Well, you're talking potentially another ten years, eleven years of this massive story arc. Right, leading that, to these... that leads to another Endgame size. I don't know. Adventure, Climax, whatever right, it is, you know. but, but if it's a TV series, great. If it's a movie, great. Who cares? Because they found a way to see these people and mm -hmm. make us know who they are. We don't, we, we don't have to care completely, but we know who they are, and that's yeah. why this. Eli but, and you've mentioned multiple times that watching the MCU now feels like you're reading a comic book, mm -hmm. in that these characters pop up, and you don't know the weight that they they hold yet in the story. You don't know necessarily even who they are yet. But, you know, in five years when we have seen Patriot pop up in, you know, four different things and he holds some weight now, that initial entrance, you don't even really, you don't know anything about the kid right. in this. And so it's just going to, it's going to hit different when you watch Falcon and Winter Soldier back five years from now. Right. Uh, it's, it's cool. It's fun to, it's, it makes viewing the entire series fun mm -hmm. after you know, I mean, Steph and I watched. Uh, over quarantine, we watched all of the the Marvel films again, and it's just like it's fun to see the things that you didn't pick up the first time you watched or the second time you watched it. Uh, and, and they're not—I don't want to say they're Easter eggs. They're not—they're not, they're not Easter, Easter eggs. eggs. They're yeah. literally plot points, right? Yeah, it's developing plot. People it's universe confuse, building, it's world building. right? Exactly. Yeah. People confuse those two things. Easter right. eggs are like a reference to something from the comics that were that doesn't have any plot significance, mm -hmm. right? They're little things that we get. It's it's different when you're when you're seeing plot develop. Yeah, I would love to see. Um, Isaiah as the mentor of the Young Avengers to be the older voice in the Young yeah, Avengers. Yeah, yeah. Like they're going to need some anchor of age in there. They're going to need right. their home base person. I'm, and I would love to see that mm -hmm. be a choice they make. Um, that actor is fantastic. Although yeah. he is, uh, he, I mean, he's a character actor who appears in one episode of like every television series right. he works. So <laughs> chances are he might not be coming back. I don't know, but we'll see. But even even still, it would be nice for Isaiah to talk with Sam again. Right. Just one-on-one. -on -one. Mm -hmm. No Bucky, which means there's no hostility. Right. Um, and Because that, that feels like a way for, you know, Isaiah to, to, tell, to tell Sam, like, this is, this is maybe what you need to do for Sam to have a moment to figure out, like, I do need to take up this shield. Or, or to be the redemption for Isaiah. And to be the redemption, right, after right. After he does take it up either way right. that works dramatically so that feels like something that might need to happen that that maybe feels like where they're going i would hope um, so but who knows who knows what they're going to do right um let's move on to yeah. uh the flag smashers briefly um and then we can talk a little bit about uh zemo yeah i'm i'm nervous about flag smasher conversation i i don't have much to talk about other than i want to ask you about the power broker <sighs> okay well, yeah i don't know how much you know about the power broker uh, i mean You've read the com. I've read bit. zero comics. Right. I, I I can say this. Right. I don't know what the power broker is going to be in here, and I don't want to make a comic connection because I, the the power broker in the comics isn't a single straight line. Mm -hmm. So it's It's like what what are they taking? My, I'm gonna. I need to raise my flag smasher fear right from the start. So 
I am hoping from what we saw in this episode that my fear that they're going to go after people who use phrases like we're all one people and we should live in peace are the bad guys. Right. Like my great fear is, and it happens all the time, you know, I feel like DC is like the hammer at this mm -hmm. in their stuff, but Marvel's doing it too. This idea that people who are anti-traditional um, Western capitalist authority structures are evil right and that bothers me a lot because the phrase that the flag smasher crew is right. using one world one people is right. a phrase i can feel super comfortable with yeah like it's it's something i can stand by and the idea of smashing flags is not necessarily the worst idea we've ever had right of uh, right. you know uh, there are people who are probably going to get angry at me about that but uh it'd you know. be angry <clears throat> both of us because it, it feels like a very honestly a very christian philosophy to yeah. be one world, one people, we're and, united as one, right? Yeah. Like, and uh, idolatry is idolatry, man. And if you're going to worship a flag, you've forgotten to worship the thing that it symbolizes. Like my connections to the idea of America, not even American exceptionalism, but like the idea of America, not to uh, a symbol of it, mm -hmm. because symbolic language is just representative. It doesn't have any manifestation. So flag smashing, to me, feels like breaking down... Um, borders and bringing mm -hmm. down borders reminds me of thomas Paine, who's one of my heroes you know i'm a citizen of the world mm -hmm. so i worry so much about them going the wrong route mm -hmm. and it felt like in this episode maybe they're not it i was gonna tell i was gonna say i i don't feel like they're going to make them the villain of the series it feels like they actually may be somebody that bucky and sam join at some point or fight alongside um because okay, right. because the, the flag smashers are the exact opposite of what John Walker's cap is going to be. You have right. what feels like almost nationalism yep, you're right. versus anti-nationalism versus anti-patriotism. Uh, maybe not anti-patriotism. Right, anti-nationalism, anti right? right? Which you want to make that yeah. distinction. Yes. Right. Um, but, and, and, so that, and so that's how it feels to me. Um, and they got a text. Carly Morgenthau got a text, mm -hmm. right? It's not Carl, it's Carly in the series. Right. Um, and she gets a text from somebody unknown saying you stole it from me or something along those lines right which i'm assuming is the power broker i'm assuming it's the power um, broker too where they got the super soldier serum from mm -hmm. right they're all super soldiers uh but they're boarding the uh medicine onto the plane to what they're delivering it to, to someone right somewhere. to steal it and deliver it to people in need like right. they use the word robin hood they call them robin right. hood people at some point right yeah and so these don't seem like bad people. And so Sam and Bucky fighting them, no harm is done to anybody in between those, uh, in that fight, right? In that conflict, nobody gets hurt, seriously injured. Nobody gets mm -hmm. seriously injured. But we do lose a man from the Flag Smashers when a third party comes in to try and stop them from delivering the goods. And that's probably the power broker. And that's right? probably the power broker. And, or his men. His men. Yeah. Uh, and so we're seeing... I think I think it would have been I think they would have been the villain if we were to see Sam and Bucky do any serious damage. Right. Because now they're, they they can easily just brush that under the rug, sweep that under the rug, brush it off and and kind of become allies at some point. Because the bad guy is only a bad guy if they're doing a bad thing when they're doing it. And mm -hmm. they are stealing, but they're stealing to give the people in need. Nobody medicine. would say Robin Hood's a bad guy. Right, exactly. You know? Except for the king. Right. Except for which the king, because it's his money, which is potentially yeah. part of that story. Uh, yeah, I mean, I, I I thought that 
that there's a lot of hope, I think, here for them to take it in the right direction. Mm -hmm. And the power broker suddenly gains some language, right? So brokering power, whether it's brokering a super soldier serum, Mm -hmm. right? So there's a possibility that that's what power is being brokered, or it's weapons, or it's just governmental power. Whatever it is, it feels like it's it's a person behind the idea of government and what we're concerned about with Walker. Uh, and you know, there's a yeah. chance there's a real relationship between flag smasher and power broker, like yeah. a personal relationship. But it also is a, a question of what if, if that, if that's our real bad guy, it is going to end up needing to be Falcon and uh, Bucky who, move against that yeah well it also feels like at some point power broker may actually give john walker some kind of super serum enhancement at some point right unless he already has it and we're just undercutting it sure so i don't know i don't think he does i don't think he has anything yet um yeah so it feels like you know it feels like at some point there's going to be clash between um baron zemo and baron zemo is that his name yeah Zemo. yeah um sorry i had a moment there it's just zemo it's just zemo baron is it so you have Zemo versus Power Broker. You have Bucky and Sam versus John Walker and Battlestar. And then you have these uh, Flag Smasher Super Soldiers versus likely Power Broker Super Soldiers. Mm-hmm. Like it feels like they're they're just drawing a line straight down the middle of what people believe, like this belief system. Um, you know, using your power for good. These are Super Soldiers using their power for good to help other people in the world and trying to break down borders. And you have Sam and Bucky trying to use their power for good. And you have Zemo, who's just trying to get rid of all super soldiers in general, which is the complete opposite, again, of what Power Broker may be trying to do, of right. trying to build up. Mm-hmm. He's just like a syndrome from The Incredibles or something. Where everybody is super, right. Everybody's exactly. a superhero, so nobody is ever super, mm-hmm. right? Um, so I think we just have like polar opposites of people in this. And who knows how Zemo's going to fit in? Zemo could be the freaking power broker for all we know. We, we don't have any idea sure. who that is. We don't know what the, the you know where that that all feels out of character for him. Does. So yeah, because um, he was in Civil War, he was trying to get rid of. Uh, yeah, like destroy all. Yeah, he destroyed the other Winter Soldiers. Right. right. Yeah. Um. So yeah. So I don't know. I don't know. But it it feels like they've just drawn a line down the middle, and like we're just kind of polar opposite. Mm-hmm. You know, um, polarize the. Uh, the heroes and the villains in this show. And because it, it has to be clear, it's only six episodes. And right. It, and it is, I mean, this is a much more character filled mm-hmm. storyline in a lot of ways. Like there's so many important figures yeah. vying where the, the plot points in WandaVision are like really about two characters and there's right. a lot of people around them. Mm-hmm. There's really two people we're dealing with here. All of these people are in play yeah. and, and interweaved. Yeah. Um, I, I'm, I'm excited to see where that goes. I'm excited to see what they do with Zemo. I think it's going to be really interesting uh, to to watch how that relationship works, and it would be nice to see him back actually yeah. after yeah. what was a. I'm interested to see film. his dynamic and how he fits into this entire mm-hmm. thing. And um, in our last episode, you talked to me about his costume a little bit, and I did see his costume pop up in like an Easter egg video that I watched on YouTube. And you're right, that thing does not work in. The laws in of the real world it just doesn't work the way that no, it, no. and it, it's so stupid looking it makes no sense yeah it was a great it's a great comp i mean yeah. comic books are about sometimes finding ways to not have to draw a face you know what right, I'm right, right. Like, it makes it much easier to draw this character when you can just right put, yeah and hood you can over ignore it. the laws of physics yeah but, but it's not really a hood right it's like it's, i don't know it's like a, it like covers his entire like a sack yeah it's yeah. so strange uh, and and uh, in the show, I, I believe he's just almost like a s- purple ski mask in a yeah. sense that's 
eyes eye holes come I'm out. I'm excited to yeah. see what they do with it. Yeah, uh, yeah. The, the the idea of these the flag smashers and their conflict with power broker and how Zemo fits in feels like a mystery that's adequate for me to get through the rest of the series, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Uh, and how our two you know, star-crossed heroes um, get along while the, all that happens. Yeah, There's, it's really, this This whole series feels like it's a buddy cop film. Yeah. Um, and I'm excited about it. Like, it's they've, they've taken this buddy cop genre and just kind of inserted superheroes instead of cops. Yeah, you, you know? know, one of the things about the Flag Smashers I should mention mm-hmm. in our time right now is this interesting question of medicine and how it's being distributed. Mm-hmm. So if we, this is going to get, painfully political <laughs> sorry like right now you know 14 percent uh right right now while we're recording this so in 2020 uh mid-march 2021 uh, 2021 mid-march sorry thank you <laughs> um the uh only 14 percent of the united states has been vaccinated yeah and europe is fighting over who gets the vaccine right and the third world countries around the globe are getting almost nothing yeah and that idea of the brokering and dis- distribution of that medicine in favor of nationalism over health because mm-hmm. in all those third world countries where uh, COVID is exploding, that's where all of the uh, variants are going to be forming because if the right. longer COVID stays active, the more variants are going to appear. And then it's going to come back and haunt us. Like It's this amazing thing yeah. happening right now that this story, and to some great has to be inadvertent, right? Because they didn't know how COVID vaccines were going to be distributed. Right. Is echoing that idea that yeah. w- the medicine needs to get everywhere and there needs to be someone willing to step outside of the governmental policies and rules to make sure everyone can get what they need right. so that all of us are safe. Yeah. Um, and again, it's the, the, the governments are, an, are, uh, are potentially an enemy here and I'm anxious to see if they, if they have the guts to go the distance with it. Right. Let me ask, what role do you think that Sharon Carter is going to play in in this series? Because that's the one character we really haven't talked about yet. Yeah. And she is certainly going to pop up uh, probably in the next episode. Um, I don't know what role she's going to play. If she's going to kind of be this mediator between them. If she's going to be like the person who can uh, calm them down. Like be their therapist. Also, I want to say how irresponsible it is of john walker canceling bucky's therapy sessions because he oh. didn't want him tied down good too much of an asset no. good lord like that is like the worst thing that you could do no for sure it's it's definitely not healthy decision making for sure and again why does it does he get to do that because he is quote unquote the government right um because that's government mandated therapy and if he is saying that he's he has the authorization i want to know where does his authorization end does he have nuclear launch codes as well like where's yeah, where is this limit here where do you, where does he stand because it feels like captain america is like at the same level of like the president right you right. know but, and it can't be but can't there's be. certainly something wacky there um yeah I, I mean, I think Sharon Carter is going to be a link for us both to Cap's past, right? Mm-hmm. She is de- definitely part of Cap's past. Yeah. And I also think that she is going to be some connection to the government, right? Right. And it, we're going to have a way to see this insider view or, or for them to have access or freedom or whatever. Okay, so be. so maybe she's playing the, the she's going to be the one giving them intel that John Walker wouldn't give them otherwise. Unless she's been booted, and then at that point, she's just another 
free agent for right. all practical purposes, um, giving us another dynamic in that three-person relationship. Right. But I love the idea that this this bringing her in pulls every component of the cap circle into play. Mm -hmm. So Peggy Carter is present for us in this story once Sharon enters. Right. And uh, and Bucky is present, right? Right. And Bucky has a relationship with Peggy, so there's a thing yeah. with Sharon and, and Bucky that is, is present in the story. And then on the other end of the spectrum, we have Falcon who knows Sharon from the previous storylines, right. right? And so there's this great connection that between these characters all revolving around what is essentially the central question of the piece, which is who is Captain America? And, mm -hmm. and, and ultimately, as a result, who is America? And so you have a, right. a white man who's an outsider, uh, ultimately in some ways an immigrant now, right? Returning to the country, an mm -hmm. expat, whatever. And you have a, a woman, you have a black man, all revolving around the idea of America. Right. This white man who was a good man, and now this white man who may not be. And right. that, that seems like a really interesting story. Yeah. Thank you guys for listening to this episode of the Rack and Focus podcast. We will be back every week for a review of Captain America and the Winter Soldier. That's not the title of the uh, series, but it maybe should be. Captain America and the White Wolf is really what I'm hoping the right. end will be. So, no, the Falcon and the Winter Soldier. Don't forget the thes in the title because they're there. And uh, we'll be back every episode uh, to talk about it. Subscribe to our podcast, please. That's right. And you can find us on RacketFocusPodcast.com for all of the links and the et cetera's. And if you want to know what movies we're watching, uh, you can go and watch, read our reviews and our exploration of film on Letterboxd. Or by subscribing to the podcast and following our Instagram, where we we post, you know, images from films we like, and we post yep. access to our reviews. Yep, we're going to be working our way through uh, some of the best picture nominations, and we've already reviewed some of them. So if uh, you want to hear us talk about some of the most recognized and uh, acclaimed movies, critically acclaimed movies of of the past year, uh, check us out and uh, subscribe and listen to some of our other podcasts about about films and movies and. We do a very similar breakdown to what we've we've done here on this episode, um, just with, with films. So, yeah. sounds yeah. good. Cool. Okay. cool. Thanks for listening again, and uh, we'll catch you next time on the Rack and Books podcast. Thanks for listening to the Racking Focus Podcast.